Welcome to the Mark Howard Broadcast on TalkZone.com. The Mark Howard Broadcast is a Christian-based, conservative-minded political talk show, one that hopes to bring people of all political ideologies together. It is the mission of this show to find unity in all voices, without doing so at the expense of the truth. This is the Mark Howard Broadcast on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Mark Howard Broadcast. I'm Mark Howard. Uh, this is the second broadcast of the Mark Howard uh, Broadcast. And if you missed the debut broadcast, what I primarily did was discuss my background, um, where I was born, uh, where I was raised, uh, how I, uh, who was raised in a, as we used to say, a blue dog Democrat family, wound up uh, becoming a conservative uh, Republican. Um, that was on the, um, the last broadcast. And also um, some of the things that I learned from my father, who was quite the political operator in uh, the Democrat Party. And as I mentioned in the debut of broadcast, I remember many of the, some of the politicians today who are now still in power. As I said uh, on the debut broadcast, I remember uh, Senator Chuck Schumer when he was Chuck Schumer, before he became Congressman Chuck Schumer, um, and many others, um, some who are no longer in Congress, like the uh, Frederick W. Richmond, and I, I believe Shirley Chisholm passed away several years ago. But basically, I gave a background on who I am, uh, where I came from, and how I came to perceive the thoughts uh, that I have. And it it was difficult in certain points, because a lot of the things that's going on now in politics, unfortunately... The Democrat Party is continuing, very much continuing. And I do not want to make this per se uh, a, a show about bashing one party over another. That is not the case at all, except that I have a unique perspective. Number one, having been born and raised in a strong Democrat family, even though I've never registered Democrat, primarily never really voted. Well, let me say not never really. I voted Democrat once. It was for... um. Mayor uh, David Dinkins, he was the first black man to run for mayor in New York. And I thought I that was the first and only time in my life I did racial politics because he was black, identity politics. I regretted it because even though Dave Dinkins was a fine, fine man, I met him, um, he was overwhelmed. He simply, he couldn't do the job. Uh, Rudy Giuliani ran against him. I voted for him twice. I voted for him as president. He was a great, great man, a great, great mayor, a wonderful person, of course, a Republican. Excuse me. Now, in addition, it was, it was just one of those things where you, um, where you, um, you learn as you go along. And my perspective is this. Having been, as I said, born and raised in a blue dog Democrat family who my mother worked for Eleanor Roosevelt, my father was a political operator. You did not run for anything in Bed-Stuy without going through my father. And the fact that I've also been a lifelong conservative Republican, most of my first vote was Richard M. Nixon at the age of 19, and it did cost me a lot. It exchanged me uh, from my father, literally. My father really never, ever talked to me. This is a man who taught me politics. We talked daily, all the time, every day. 
Um, and when I when he when I told him I voted for Richard M. Nixon, I heard him to the core, and I had no idea. Uh, but he never talked to me again, and that hurt. That hurt a lot because we were we were friends, and I, my mother told me he had plans for you. He wanted you to run for Congress. He wanted you to do all this stuff. He never told me, <clears throat> but I never had a chance to tell him. I could not vote Democrat. I see what they did in neighbors across this nation from way back in the day, in the 60s. And the same thing is happening now. I mean, with the, in black neighbors across this nation where Democrats are running it, what do you have? Drugs, jail, and abortion. It's the same thing. And I, and, and I just couldn't, I told him I couldn't do that. And um, I didn't. And he never talked to me again for real, even um, when he was on his uh, deathbed. Uh, like I said last in the debut perform- uh, show, I um, all my brothers went to see him. Uh, my oldest brother came first. He hugged him and kissed him. Uh, my next oldest brother came and he hugged him and kissed him. I came and he waved me away. It really hurt. I was only like, what, 23 or 24 at that time, if I remember correctly. I went to my mother and said, Ma, why did he do that? And she said, you really hurt him. And he's not going to forgive you. And he never did. But I can say this in all honesty. I am so glad that I followed my intuition because I didn't know at that time what it was. It was God and did not ever become a Democrat because I know for a fact that my mother and father would not or could not be Democrats today under any circumstances. My father was against immigration in the 60s when it wasn't um, uh, Mexicans and Latinos. No, when it was Indians. When John F. Kennedy had a big immigration program and a lot, a lot of Indians in, my father said, these people are coming over here to take jobs from the colored people. That's what we were called in those days, colored or Negro, not black. That was an insult, believe it or not. Um, that's what he said. He said, um, I, I'm not for this immigration stuff. Why don't they stay in their own country and build their own country up? They come over here and take jobs from the colored people. That's what he said. And um, yeah, I didn't disagree with on that, believe it or not. Uh, my family would have never, ever been for abortion. My, look, I'm talking about the 60s. The black family never, the black churches never endorsed anything. As I said in the uh, debut of performance, of uh, yeah, actually performance, yeah, it was that too. The debut of broadcast, um, the black church had a mechanism where they took care of uh, women who had children out of wedlock. They would send them away. They would come back. And they would, next thing you know, from the pulpit, the pastor saying, we have a little boy, a little girl that needs adoption and it would be taken care of internally in the church. So I know they, 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 they frowned upon that. They never would have wanted that. And I know I'm talking about my mother and father. I know they would have never, ever went for same sex marriages. These were Baptists. They would not go for same sex marriage. They would not go for, they would not go for any of that. So I know. That if this party and my folks were alive today, they would not under any circumstances be Democrats. And then I said, okay, let's fast forward to today. Let's see uh, with my unique perspective, as I said, having been raised in a blue blue blood Democrat um, family, having been a Republican lifelong and also having been in broadcasting. I was a morning drive anchor. I finally got my dream in a major market, New York City. And I mean, they gave me all the trappings. They gave me the little the limousine that you drive with. They, um, I was in a luxury dormant apartment. I had it all. Um, and it, it was, it was great. I had finally, uh, achieved my dream, my goal. Certain things happened and I retired. 
uh, not too long ago. As a matter of fact, I think about two or three years ago, I retired. It was just enough. Uh, a matter of fact, I remember on the one day that I didn't go to the broadcast studio. And if anyone who's a true broadcaster, it's in your blood. You, you, you got to do it in the one day because we love to hear ourselves speak. The one day that I did not go into the um, uh, studio was I, I was I, I was morning drive anchor. So I mean, like I had to get about three o'clock uh, in the morning to be at the studio about five o'clock. And I did my show from five to seven, sometimes seven to nine. How, whatever, however, they um the um, programming manager or um, director needed it. And this one day I was getting up ready to go and something said, don't go. It was very, uh, it wasn't scary, but it was very, very authoritative. Uh, and I just said, okay, cause I, I never heard that voice before. Later on, after I got saved with my Lord God, Jesus Christ, I knew it was the voice of God. I didn't know that then. I just had this strong thing that said, don't go. So I didn't go. I went to my other office that was in, um, Queens. If you're familiar with Brooklyn, you know, I was born in uh, Brooklyn, but I, I worked in Queens. I was born in a uh, Bed-Stuy. And uh, I was at my other office, and I looked out the window, and I saw the planes. I saw this with my own eyes. The planes go into the World Trade Center. Uh, the first one, as I said, went in at 9.01. I watched this, and, I, and, and I, my knees buckled. Why? If I had... um. <laughs> went to work or ignored the voice that I heard, I would have been under the World Trade Center at 9 o'clock. When the buildings were coming down at 9.01, I wouldn't be here today talking to you uh, because I had it was something that we took in New York called the tubes. They ran under the World Trade Center. I used to sit in the lobby of the World Trade Center daily, and I would read the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, Investors Daily, um, and yeah, the Investors Business Daily, and it, 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 the lobby of the World Trade Center was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it was marveled. It was it was beautiful, and I would sit in there and and, and, and taking all the news, read everything, and then the um the train would come, get on the train, I'd go into the station and set up and everything. And I had a wonderful uh, program director by the name of Charlie Manu, great guy, and um do my show. And that day I didn't. And I watched the World Trade Center, both towers collapse. It was the darkest day in New York. I I, I mean, of course, it, it was unbelievable. New York was shut down. I could not reach my son. I, uh, you know, I called and everything. I couldn't reach him. No way. And I called my son's mother and I said, I can't reach Anthony. I got to get the Anthony. So I figured I'd get on the trains and get him. No. In a matter of minutes, they had troops in New York on the street. You couldn't, you had, they directed you to one train that took you from Queens to Brooklyn. But I, once I got to Brooklyn, I figured I could stop off and pick up my son. No, no, no. They took you to where you said, okay, I had to go, uh, uh, at the time I was living in Flatbush in this luxury apartment, you know, all provided by the uh, station. And I couldn't go. I couldn't go get my son. I didn't know if my son was alive. I didn't know what was going on. Nobody knew what was going on. First time in my life, New York was actually occupied by our soldiers. And it was frightening. It was scary. And it was unnerving. And it seemed like after that, now I'd been in broadcasting on basically when your morning drives news anchor, you're primarily reporting on the the, the basic news of the day. And in those days, the first seven, I'm sorry, the first two to five minutes of the news was basically murder, mayhem, rape, and the like. 
And I did that for years, you know, such and such a person was raped or such and such a person was murdered. And then at the next level, you got to more local news. And then the next level, you got to national news. And then you had a break and you got a little weather and traffic update like that. And um, after doing that for so long, it was after the World Trade Center went down and New York never, to me, ever recovered. Uh, it was so much with the dogs, the police and the soldiers. Uh, These actually the National Guard watching over us constantly and continually. So I um, left New York, a very hard decision. By this time, um, uh, my father had passed away and, and, and everything was different in a big way. And I bring all that up to say I had retired from broadcasting, a field I love dearly, but it really it got to me after the years of reporting on negative, 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 negative. I just, you know, it was enough. And what got me back into broadcasting and quite interesting, I had talked to Talk Zone previously about, oh, two years, if not two and a half, three years to a gentleman here. And he even said to me, you call all the time, but you never, you know, commit. And I was in between. I wasn't sure and whatever. What moved me off the dime, as we say today, is when President Trump got elected president. Now, let me make this clear. Usually, having come from a strong political background, Democrat, Republican and journalist, news reporter, we would say, um, as Dan Rath used to say, electronic news gathering. What? Well, what uh, generally I'm trying to make this clear. Generally, what happens is when a new candidate or new administration, I should say, comes into power, they, there's always a little bit of jostling and a little bit of hit from the other side. It, I mean, it, 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 it happens. It's natural. Uh, I remember when President Obama became president. Now, mind you, I did not dis- I did not agree with President Obama on anything. He was a Democrat liberal, and I know Democrat liberals. I was raised, but boom, I know them. And he, and true to form, he fulfilled everything that I thought he did. But the Republicans, by and large, I think he had maybe two to four months of negative stuff. You know, we um, we said, and I did too. We voiced uh, we voiced our dislike for President Obama, which I did also. Then we had the Tea Party, and we we out marching and protesting and the like, but. And this is the point. It was nothing to the extent that is that happened and is happening to President Donald J. Trump. Um, I, res- I always respected uh, President Obama's office. I did not agree with the man himself, but I did respect the office of president. Therefore, I referred to him as president. I never called him names when I was in my circles, anything like that. I just, you know, he's the president and you have to respect him. To be quite frank with you, I had a hard time praying for the president, except that God said, pray for your leaders so that all may go well with you. So I I fought it. I, I, God said, pray. You have to do this. And if you're going to please God, and once you get to really know him, I'm not talking about religion. Because that, that oh, forget that. That's a whole nother topic. I'm talking about knowing him. Not, I'm not it's like if you know of your wife and talk to her only once or twice a week or whatever you don't really know but if you talk to her daily and you and you and you share everything your ups and downs then you begin to know your wife well when i really got to know the lord the lord got to know me really he's you have to pray for him that's my president so i did i didn't agree with him i did pray um for well i'll tell you what when we get back 
I'll tell you what, what I prayed for this president. But let but let me see. We, have, we need to take a break. And you're listening to the Mark Howard broadcast on TalkZone.com. We'll be right back. You stay there. You're listening to the Mark Howard broadcast on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to the Mark Howard broadcast on TalkZone.com. Before the break, I said that I had difficulty in praying for President Obama. I did not uh, agree with the president on anything. As a matter of fact, I was diametric because I know what liberal Democrats do. But because of my relationship with God, I had to pray for him. And I did pray for God to give him wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Same thing I prayed for myself, to give me wisdom, knowledge, and understanding um, through Jesus Christ. I prayed that for him, and I prayed it, believe it or not, I prayed it for the time that he was in office. And um, sometimes God nudges you. When you pray for a person, now you got to really believe. This is not church. This is not religion. This is a relationship. He nudges the person that you're praying for to do something or to go in the direction if it's his will. You cannot pray for, like, for example, have I heard certain individuals pray or friends? Well, I'm going to pray to God. Give me that girl. No, that's not going to happen because that person may, God may not have you in mind for that person. I'm talking about uh, the presence in his will. I know it's in his will for me to pray for my president to have wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Why did I know that was a good prayer? Because the president, President Obama, now, mind you, I volunteered for the Vietnam War. I'm a Vietnam-era war veteran. That's what I am. And that was one thing I totally agreed on with my father. And he said all of his boys was going to serve this country. He did. His father did. My uncle, everybody. That was a that was a badge. If you was a, a black person in America, you had to serve. That was a way of showing, saying thank you. In spite of everything, thank you for this country to uh, be in the service. And I did. I was. Uh, I joined uh, as a Vietnam era veteran. Um, I, I, the service was great. I didn't. I can't complain about anything I did in the military. But my president at that time, President Obama, was running around the world apologizing for what America had done, apologizing for America's rough handedness and, and and all kinds of other to me foolishness. Why? This is a the, it's so amazing. Let me say this first. My grandfather, um, who was, oh, his, his name was Joe Howard, because my father was a junior also. He loved the service so much. I think he was in World War One or tried to get into World War One. But anyhow, he legally changed his name to Major, a military rank. That's how much he loved the country, wanted to be a major. And so I know at that time they did not allow him. Black men to really serve in the military because under Woodrow Wilson, who, by the way, was really a racist president. Most people don't realize this. He was the one that had the airing of birth of a nation uh, in the White House, which was flat out by D.W. Griffith, uh, a racist movie. Simple. But my president went around the world apologizing for America. Somehow he seemed to forget that it was America that liberated Europe during World War II. And most people, they don't teach it anymore. We forget France was occupied by Germany. Half of Europe was gone. Poland, Czechoslovakia, the Ukraine, you name it, Hitler had it. 
and he was going on the Pacific with Japan. Japan was overtaking Manchuria and, and, and ready to run into China with billions of people. They were ready. Um, in Italy, Mussolini was taking over uh, that region. He was going. He was in North Africa and the like. And our president seemed to forget entirely, President Obama, that it was America, American blood, American soldiers who liberated, who liberated these European nations. What are we apologizing for? And the, the Democrat party always does things like this identity politics it's always been the separation i I know this for a fact i I lived it as a matter of fact i remember in the bedsty white guys republicans never ran and once in a while you got one who wanted to commit suicide political suicide that is and this fellow I was going to run in Bed-Stuy. Now, he did, I, he was no way, shape, form. He was going to get the help or support of my father and his, and his machine. So he had his own little machine. He would, he, he said he was going to knock on doors with about two or three of his people, give out the flyers and, and talk to the community in his way. And now it's hard for me to say this, but I have to be honest with you. And I said, I'm, I'm going to be truthful with my audience. I remember when my father and his people, the Democrat people, sat up in the uh, the kitchen once again, and they said, we're going to show this man that you don't come into Bed-Stuy and run, particularly as a Republican. We might stomach a, a, a white Democrat, which they did, Chuck Schumer, Frederick Richmond, and many others, but we ain't no way in the world we're going to support or work for or have uh, a white Republican, or even a black Republican for that matter. In so what he was doing, he went to different. Now, this is the projects. This is the Marcy projects in Brooklyn, New York, around 1966, 67. What he did was he went into the, the different uh, buildings uh, like 454 or 468, knocked on the doors from the first floor, said, my name is such and such a person. And here's my flyer. Now, if you had my father. On your side, his crew would do this. About 25 people would go to each door, give it, and they had a way of telling you, you either vote for this person or don't come out this house. And you got the message. It was strong arm tactics. And I don't care what the Democrat party said. And I'm not saying this is not done by the Republicans, but I've never seen it done to the extent. And I've been in both parties. Like I said, I was raised Democrat. I didn't become one, but I was raised, but I've been a Republican. So they had, they set them up. What happened was the general went to a particular apartment. He knocked on the door and this woman came to the door. I believe she was an unwed mother because once again, this had happened. This was beginning to happen a lot in Bed-Stuy. Prior to that, prior to the great society and the war on poverty, the black family was intact. After the um, war on poverty and the great society, the black family was in shambles. It was no family. The men were gone and out in the street and the women were on welfare and public. That's what the Democrat Party did by design. Anyhow, this gentleman went to a particular apartment and uh, he had two, I think he had two of his people with him. And I, I know this because I know how I, they set it up because I was there when my, uh, my father then did all this. Anyhow, the gentleman uh, gave a little fire and stuff and he left. Oh, about two days later, the buzz in the community was this particular, I will not name him, I don't even know if he's alive anymore, but I will not, out of respect. They said this man had made a pass at this woman, had touched her or groped her or something. And it, it, they, they, and they whipped it up, meaning the, uh, the machine, which is basically my father. And a lot of times I didn't want to believe that he did things like this, but, um, as I got older, hey, 
it's it's what they did. Both parties has done this. But anyhow, they uh they somehow got in the local newspaper that this candidate had made a pass at this black woman and touched her inappropriately and all this kind of stuff. And ultimately, um, he dropped out. He had to. And that, that wasn't good enough. They, they smeared him till, I mean, whoa, that, that it, it, I think it almost affected his marriage that he was, um, uh, you know, molesting this woman and probably had a child out of wedlock, all this foolishness. And he dropped out, but he dropped out hurt, defeated badly. And, uh, I, after that, I had never ever uh, seen any white uh, Republicans or black Republicans run in Bed-Stuy. I don't know what it's like today, but I imagine it's the same because the neighborhood is more entrenched. And to be fair, the Republicans had did the same thing. I remember when um, President George Bush, the son, was running for office and he was in the kitchen and they were like, um, you know, barnstorming with his staff and everything because they were going upstairs to uh, make a speech or something. Out of nowhere, this woman came up to him, kissed him on his his neck, and said, oh, Joe, I miss you, I miss you. I, mean, I don't know you, man. What's the problem? Oh, you know, all this stuff to him. He, he, and his handlers tried to get her away. And, and what they wanted to do, they wanted to make it appear that um, President Bush, at that time, candidate Bush, was having an affair or something. And he, and, he, and he shook him. He was like, no, 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 I didn't do No, I don't know. Or he was looking around. I don't know. And the staff was saying, no, we don't know. And now sometimes this is done by in the in the party itself in other words the people that are running against you for instance we have bernie sanders bloomberg um uh, amy klobuchar and uh, warren some the people that are running against you find dirt on you to throw it at you um like in the case of bloomberg where they found a tape that he has said um let's throw black youth against the wall and frisk them and it's a it's a it's a, a apparent uh abhorrent statement but the point is the timing. I knowing politics, knowing how this game really works, I wonder about the t- politics. I don't think the Republican Party did. I just think that was in his own party. Because, as I said, sometimes the party that you're running in uh, does this. And and uh, and I know when I was running, I was, was going to run for Congress until the Republican Party pulled their support because at that time. I could not support capital punishment. And in a way, I'm glad because I see I don't I don't have a squeaky clean life, not even then. And I see politics is a blood sport. If you do not have the stomach, the character or practically be some type of an angel, it is not easy. It is not. Um, And so uh, in a way, I thank God that I did not uh, because I would have won. I know this, and I know my character at that time. I was not saved. I didn't believe in anything but me, myself, and I, which I thought was the Trinity. And uh, I didn't know Jesus Christ. I didn't know. I didn't know anything. I was just me, and I was arrogant and prideful. Because I, hey, I, I saw what my father did, and I saw how men treated my father. They practically bowed down to him. I, I saw this white, black women, and he was. I mean, the police captain used to come. I remember at Christmas time, most people maybe get a, a bottle of scotch. My father got a case of scotch, um, a case of bourbon, um, uh, fantastic pens and watches, Rolex watches. And uh, my mother got jewelry. So they got real gifts from all either the politicians or somebody that needed my father for something or wanted his help for something or something. They um they would really, um you know, gather around him to say, so what what was going on with with the Democrat politics in the day and now is the same thing that I saw growing up. And 
like I said, the Republican guy, he went out and George Bush, they made a big deal out of it, but he was, was able to prove that that was not his girlfriend, his mistress or anything like that. And uh, uh, I don't know if most people knew this, but at that time, George Bush's biggest weakness was drinking. He was a big drinker. He even said uh, in his uh, memoir, his book, that he probably was an alcoholic. But let me say something to you. Many, many of those politicians, and I should say many people in broadcasting, too, are alcoholics. You just don't know it. Uh, I mean, and you know what? I can understand it clearly. The the pressure of being a politician is uh, is, is abnormal. You just don't. I mean, it's really abnormal. And that brings me to the day. What got me out of retirement was the treatment of President Donald Trump. Like I said, I know there's going to always be a backlash when a new administration takes power. As I said, there was with our President Obama. We had our Tea Party and our skirmishes that lasted anywhere from three to five months, if you remember. What has been what is being done to President Trump is absolutely unconscionable. It's evil. To to do this to a president, this is not three, six months. This is freaking three years. This is like the fourth year. I mean, that's it. And to still, to still be calling this man names, lying, deceit, deception, dishonesty, it, it, it's, it's, it's out of control. But the thing is, the thing that makes this more sinister and pernicious than I think even Americans realize is the end result. And I'll tell you, we're going to where we need to take another break here. You're listening to the Mark Howard broadcast on Talk Zone. We'll be right back. Stay where you are. Now, back to the Mark Howard broadcast on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to the Mark Howard broadcast on Talk Zone. Uh, before the break, I was saying how the attack on President Trump, primarily by the Democrat Party, is above and beyond anything that is normal. It's above and beyond anything that I've ever, ever seen in politics. And I've been in politics for nearly 40 years in one way, shape, form or fashion. Uh, like I said, uh, I was running for a candidate, uh, working with my father. I, I know. Please believe me on this one. And what is going on with this president is way out of control. But. Before the break, I was saying, I don't believe the Democrat Party is aware of what it's doing, just like it wasn't aware 50 years ago when they were doing the things that they did in the black community. They meant well, I think, maybe, doubt it. But the end result was drugs, jail and abortion, not just in Brooklyn, you name it, Chicago. Uh, Baltimore, Washington, uh, California, whatever. I mean, I digress here a little bit, but look at the foolishness that happened with this Jesse Smollett fellow. Only in Chicago, only in a place that's ran by black folk, where this man could actually be caught with the check that he used to uh, do this and everything. And it's, oh, forget it, no problem. If it was <laughs> that type of um insidious turn your head the other way goes on in the black community continually. They would arrest the drug deal. They would put him back out. They would, I mean, it was amazing, but I digress. What the Democrat party is doing, and they may not be aware of it, 
And I hope to God they learned this. You're not destroying the Republican Party. You're not destroying Donald Trump. He will be a billionaire when he's in, out of office. Doesn't matter. You're destroying. You are destroying the country. I get real nervous when I speak. But I love this country. I volunteer to fight for this country. And I see this country being divided and destroyed right before my eyes. The same tactics that was used 50 or 60 years ago, dividing identity politics, dividing the rich against the poor, the, the black against the white, the gay against the straight, the young against the old. The Democrat Party has been doing this for centuries, for at least a century from the Civil War. They did this. Abraham Lincoln was more the only president that was more vilified. Then President Trump, Trump, I believe, has been Abraham Lincoln. Because now, how do I say this? If you look at the way this president is being treated, just the other day, some, some deranged driver of a van in Florida ran into a group of Trump supporters. These were elderly women. Well, you know, uh, my mother did that kind of work for Democrats. You, you you go out there and you set up a table and you ask people to register to vote and things like that. These um women were doing that. And nothing possessed this person to take a van and run into them intentionally. And then when they arrested him and caught him, he said, well, somebody had to do something. This is because the constant barrage of hate hurled at this president and I guess us Republicans. And 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 it is so I don't know it's weird and strange but I'll tell you one thing it is dangerous 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 tell me why this when is the last time you ever heard particularly the last three to four years of a Republican attacking anyone on the other side when did you hear about this when President Obama was president that. Republicans was attacking uh, Democrats, beating them up like Antifa and Black Lives Matters and all this foolishness. You didn't because we're not in our court, in our meetings. We're told not to do. We're already considered the party of the outside. And we're told to show as much respect and decorum as possible, but not on the Democrat side. And as I said, this program will no way, shape, form or fashion sacrifice truth or fact for perceived unity. I'm going to tell you the truth. And it's not Republican truth or Democrat truth. If this was happening to President Obama, I would be saying the same exact thing that I'm saying right now. Stop it. Because you're not destroying the presidency. You're destroying the republic. Yes, you are destroying the public, the republic that we live in. I mean, this is really, this is beyond. The, the whole impeachment trial was nothing but a, a soft coup. You could, and the fact that we have no responsible media it has this country bordering on a, a dictatorship, a socialist country, not in the sense of a dictatorship, no, but in the sense that you rile up the people, you rile up the people till you get the people motivated to overthrow the existing government. And it's nothing new. It's like happens in countries. It happened in Venezuela. It happened uh, all over. And these young people are being taught that socialism is good. If socialism is so darn good, how come the biggest socialist country in the world, the USSR, now known as Russia, formerly known as the Union of Soviet Soviet Republics, 
demise. How come when Bernie Sanders says we're going to have democratic socialism, there's no such thing. He said Denmark, Denmark is socialist. It's not true. I, look, the, the, the president of Denmark said we are not a socialist nation. We are a democrat, capitalist, market-driven nation. None of them, Sweden, Switzerland, or whatever, none of those nations are socialist. But I digressed. What we're doing now, and I say as a nation, because we who don't do not say anything about it, even if you have, I, listen, I have um, Democrat friends. Yes, I do. Hard to believe, but I do. I mean, real, really good friends. And some of the more radical ones, I'll say, what is the point? What's your end game? Why the constant of uh, hating, badgering, uh, calling him names, attacking his children in, in politics generally is a gentleman's rule. You do not go after the children. And when they really get honest with you, they say, if we have to shed some blood, if some Republicans have to die, get killed or hurt or firebombed or whatever. What, I said, so what's your goal? To make people afraid to ever vote Republican again. People will think twice before they vote for any Republican. And believe me, Donald Trump is not the only Republican to have this happen to him. Every Republican that I can remember had the same treatment. I remember when they said John McCain, John Lewis said this, the man who says, I marched with Martin Luther King on, you can find it on Google. He said, John McCain's a racist. Man had a racist bone in his body. He said, John McCain's a racist. They said the same thing about both Bushes. Father Herbert, son George. They're racist. Uh, and, um, Al Gore used to say, well, Bush is not a legitimate president. He stole the election out of Florida, which he did not. The fact of the matter is this has always happened. Uh, the Democrats have always done this to any Republican, no matter what. And now the party, they're not even for America. A majority. They call them progressives, but they're haters of this country. Why? They're now telling you Bernie Sanders is not a Democrat. He's not an independent. He is a socialist. Some say a communist. And guess what? He's running for president in the United States of America, the freest society God has ever gave man. Benjamin Franklin once said when he came out of the continental meeting, I believe he said, um, the woman said to him, Mr. Franklin, what have you given us? He said, a republic, if you can keep it, ma'am. And you know what? I fear that my son and others his age may not have an America that I was willing to die for, an America that my mother and father served. I, I mean, I don't know. This is a look. There's one thing that one can do to really determine where they, where their heart is. Now, look, as I said, I did not agree with anything President Obama said. I didn't agree with anything he done. You don't run around the world apologizing. You don't sit up in a press conference and say the police in Boston acted stupidly. How do you say that? That means you're sending a signal to those people we don't have to respect the police. They're stupid. The president said it. They're stupid. It's dangerous to do that. The, Trump is not supporting policemen for, for the sake of supporting them. He knows if society breaks down to that level, you have nothing but arnicky, an, arnicky or anarchy, whatever they call it. The point is the Democrats know it too. 
They know this and this is what they want. That's why you, they have a wing called the, um, Antifa, a wing called the Black Lives Matter of the party. The entire media save one station. I mean, this is not a joke because in the day, the Democrat party had the Klan. That's right. They created the Klan. They funded the Klan. Half of the Senate, the Southern, they called them Dukes in the day, in the sixties were <laughs> Democrats. Democrats. Well, we need to take another break. And, uh, and I, I need this break too, just to calm myself down. Cause when I talk about things like this, I do get emotional. Are uh, you listening to the Mark Howard broadcast on Talk Zone? We'll be right back. Now, more of the Mark Howard broadcast on TalkZone.com. Welcome. Welcome back. Uh, yes, welcome back uh, to the Mark Howard broadcast on TalkZone. Uh, we're winding down here. And I wanted to leave um, you, my listening audience, um, with something to think about and something to do. And it's, it's, it's really served me well. I'm 66 now, um, in all my life, particularly in politics. Uh, and I'll give you the answers on the next Mark Howard broadcast. Write down pro and con. This is one of the ways that I learned. I learned and actually was taught by my father. It's a very good method to see if a candidate or person is doing a good job is right, wrong. This is not about emotion. This is not about being a Democrat or Republican, conservative or, God forbid, a socialist, communist and all that other foolishness. Um, it's about being, you know, conservative, Republican, liberal, Democrat. Now, we've had a long time. Uh, this president has been in office almost uh, um, going on. This is fourth year. You're right. Has he been or she been whoever any any opposition good or bad for the country? You write it down. And, and, and be honest and, and don't do it. What I, I tell many, I ask many of my Democrat friends or some of my Democrat friends, although are too radical, I can't talk with them. They, they get all upset even if they mention name. That to me is a Trump derangement syndrome. But ask yourself, okay, has this president been good or bad for the country? Period. Not as a Democrat, liberal, Republican, as a American. Ask that question uh, and be honest and don't don't give me these ridiculous reasons that some Democrats do. Well, he said something bad. I don't like the way he talks. I don't like the way he speaks. Well, I got news for you. Politicians talk that way when they're talking without talking like that. They're lying to you. I know this. Lyndon Baines Johnson said in the Oval Office, I will have these ends. You know the word. Voting for me for the next 200 years, they're going to be voting Democrat. I'm going to give them enough of what they want. What did he give us? Drugs, jail, and abortion. Um, Richard Nixon was saying in the Oval Office, those K's, uh, an expletive, delete of a derogatory term for Jewish people. He said they have enough. We don't need, and, and they begged him. Uh, I think it was Golda Meir had to beg him and he had, it was amazing. He, he said, call them a K, a K word, which is a derogatory term for, uh, uh, Jewish people. And he, in a dream, the, uh, Golda Meir was asking for some weapons and tanks and things to, to, for, I think this was a little before the Six Day War. Nixon wasn't going to do it. And Henry Kissinger had no love. 
for Jews. He, even though he was, he had, it was, it, read their books. He didn't. Uh, he said, uh, let, let, let them get beat and teach them a lesson of some foolishness. In a dream, this is in his memoir, in a dream, his mother came to him and said, help the chosen people. That dream, he said, moved him so much that he gave them the tanks, the missiles, and everything they needed. And after that dream, I know that was God that moved upon the heart of Richard M. Nixon. My point is this. When you write down this list, what has this president done good or bad for the nation? Don't don't be honest with yourself if you're not honest with anyone else. Be brutally honest and say, well, what has he done? If he's done bad. Put the list down. If he's done good, write it down. If you're not sure, that's where you have your um your, your section not sure. Then tally it up. And then you'll know honestly whether the person has been good for the country or bad for the country. Um since I've been in broadcasting for so long, there's many news outlets and organizations that are still News organizations. I'm not talking about the mainstream media, which is an abomination before any journalist. In my day, like I said, I listened to Walter Cronkite, uh, Chet Huntley, David Brinkley, uh, Howard K. Smith. Now, whether they were Democrats or Republicans, it never came through in their delivery or newscast. Dan Rather was different. He, 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 he broke the mold. You knew he was a Democrat. But the point that I'm saying is this. Organizations like, I don't know if they still have it, but I did some research. They have Alexis Nexus. It was a fine news organization that was unbiased. You can go to an organization like that and look up the accomplishments of President uh, Trump. Um, I'm not saying that this president has been perfect. No, and no president is. As a matter of fact, there wasn't anyone in the Bible who was perfect except Jesus Christ. We all have wars. We all have problems. We all have everything. But to do what is being done to this president, now that it's eroding the faith in this country, to have congressmen like that 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 that, that man calls Schiff lying continually, to have Maxine Waters, a sitting congresswoman, say at one of her rallies. If you see them in a restaurant, if you see them in a club, if you see them shopping or a gas station, get in their face and tell them you don't want them. And that's inciting a riot. Certain folks I know, if you jump in their face, that's the last jump you're going to make. I mean, really, you do not incite that she should have been censured. She should have been brought up on some type of charges of inciting. You don't tell people in the heat of a rally. I know this. I've been to enough of them. In the heat of a rally, if you see them in a restaurant, if you see them at a club, if you see them having risk, go, go and get in their face. And they did exactly that. Sarah Saunders and her family was having rest at the Red Robin, um, I think in D.C. I know what that place was in D.C. Jumped in there and got in their face. Senator Ted Cruz with his wife having dinner, they got in there, jumped in his face. What kind of food? See, the, if you wear a MAGA hat in America, this is America. God's sake. If you're wearing a mega hat, some some evil person could slap the hat off your face, could uh, spray something at you, could call you her names. And you know what? I know folks who are Republicans. And if you do that to them, believe me, you will fail, feel their wrath. And I'm 100 percent in support, 100 percent, because if you get into my space in my look. 
<laughs> I'm a Vietnam era veteran. You don't jump into my face from with my wife and tell me about your political differences with me because I'm wearing a cap. You're crazy. You're crazy because that can result. But that's what I believe the Democrat Party is seeking for. They want this kind of revolution so they can say, oh, you see, the Republicans cost it. Donald Trump was the main reason. It's a lie. It's a lie. The party and the leadership of the party, I strongly urge uh, the DNC chairman, I believe his name is Perez, talk to your people. Tell them this cannot stand because not unless you really want to see the demise of the United States of America. And I'm not, I don't think I'm speaking hyperbole. I'm saying that we are really coming to a point where it's, it's getting like dangerous when we are constantly badgering one another, criticizing the president for everything, not even, and the media is not helping. The media is a tool and complicit in this foolishness by not giving a balance and saying, okay, uh, yo, the president did pretty good here. The president did pr- pretty bad there. No, you cannot constantly tell people negative, 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 and expect a positive result. That is craziness. And that is what is happening in this nation now. When you can't wear a cap, think about this. This is America. And you can't wear a cap. Unfreaking believable. America. Think of that. America. And it's not good. And any true American would not condone it. I don't care if uh, uh, President Trump was Democrat or Republican, liberal, conservative, God forbid, socialist. I would never condone this kind of treatment of a sitting American president. You're not disrespecting the president per se. You're disrespecting the office. And the nation. Well, I had my, um, do the assignment. Get a piece of paper, typing paper, and write on the topic, what has this, has, has this president done good or bad for the nation? Write down what he's done good. Write down what you think he's done bad. But don't write emotional stuff and crap. No. Don't read. He talks funny. He looks funny. He says bad things. He, that's his personality and character. I mean, really. Remember the character of Jesus Christ when the woman came to him and said, you know, my daughter is sick. He said, it's not good to give the bread to the dogs. The woman said, whoa, yeah, but even the dogs eat the bread off the table. And Jesus said, oh, for that saying, I'm going to hear your daughter. The fact of the matter is that Jesus was an example for all of us, whether you know it or believe it or not. This man was a Jew and a Christian. I mean, he's got everything covered here. Of course, he was the son of God and my Lord and Savior. My point is this. If you want to see, if you're saying, well, I don't like his character, his personality or whatever, read the Bible and look at the character and personalities of those people. Look at the character of uh, Paul, the apostle, who called the Galatians, you stupid Galatians. God said, what are you told him that for? That's what he did. But look at the real accomplishments. Has this president been good or bad for this nation? And next week, I'm going to have done the same thing. And I'll give you a list. I want to thank you for this. I want to thank you for your time this time and for listening to the Mark Howard broadcast. Thank you so much. Enjoy your day and God bless you all. Amen and amen.